0: This year, the Wellness Summit returns. 95% of the people you know out there want you to play it safe. They don't want you to jump over fire. You can get burned. They don't want you to live the life that you were born to live. You've got to remember that if you're cooking food, you want to love it. You don't want to be thinking, oh, I don't want to have to prepare another meal for my husband who doesn't appreciate it. I don't have to prepare another meal for my wife who just doesn't care. She just wants peanut butter on toast. Wake the heck up. You are where you're at right here, right now, because of all the choices you have made up to this point. Now I didn't know what to do with being blown up. I didn't know what to do with that until the psychologist told me, you're going to have post-traumatic stress disorder, Karen. I went, okay, great, now at least I know what to do with that. Get ready Melbourne. The summit is back. Where well, other people are just walking through fire. I mean look. And I'm on the phone going, yeah, and he's like, look, oh, like this. And then he's lifted up his top and he's squeezing that. And I'm going, yeah, I can't it. masking? There's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. All info and tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscoach.com streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey.
1: Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker Podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Today I've got a super special guest on the show because I've invited one of my clients from my Better Sleep Intensive Program, Tommy. Tommy Warren, who is actually coming to us all the way from California in the United States. Tommy is a midwife who has been working shift work for the past 10 years, so knows firsthand what it's like to work under some pretty stressful working conditions, which of course becomes exasperated when running on limited sleep. So to talk to us all about her experience working through the Better Sleep Program, I'd like to give a warm and friendly
2: Californian welcome to Tommy. (laughs) Hello. Thank you, Audra. Thank you. You. nice to be here
1: oh it's so good to chat with you and as, as i sort of mentioned just before we went to air i've, I've really missed our conversations and and talking with you um uh, yeah because it was yeah always so much fun <laughs>
2: <laughs> i agree you got to have a sense of humor i think when you're trying to work on stuff
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, t- totally totally and when you're sleep deprived as well <laughs> thrown into it <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah well look it's really um, a treat to have you on the show Tommy because uh, as I said I absolutely loved working with you Uh, I think we kind of found it really easy chatting with each other and and you have you know been one of my outstanding graduates uh, for a better word from my program. Yeah so first things, things first I'd love for you to share your story with our listeners like what led you to become a midwife in the first place?
2: Oh, that's funny. Um, great question. So, uh, gosh, I really didn't know which way I wanted to go as far as college went. So I started working in a book warehouse and slowly but surely uh was taking community college courses one class a semester until I figured out what I wanted to do for school. And, uh, serendipitously, a couple of friends of mine actually invited me to their births. And, um, I was just in shock and awe of what our bodies could do. And after riding that wave, I started volunteering at a women's clinic in Oakland, California, and very quickly realized that where I needed to, um, focus my energy on and, uh, my education on was working with women. And I didn't want to necessarily go all the way to being a doctor, but I didn't want to, um, not get to call the shots necessarily. So I decided that being a midwife was a great, uh, mid ground where I got to um, still control things, (laughs) but I have to go to school as long. (laughs) Oh, that's a clever strategy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So um, yeah, I love it. I love working with women and I love using evidence-based care and Mm. I love getting to know my clients and what they're looking for in their experience. Mm.
1: Interesting, because I do. I actually, for some reason, I seem to attract a lot of midwives and nurses. Uh, and I have found that the midwives, in particular, from talking to them, and I'm, I'm not really sure if the the workplace is similar. Well, I would think it would be pretty close to, uh, you know, in the United States as it is to here in Australia. Uh, that. Yeah, you guys sometimes are really uh, working on your own at times. So as you said, that you do get to that point where you do, you know, you do have this really big, high responsibility and you do, you are calling the shots, so to speak.
2: Yes, definitely. Or you're um, calling the shots that the doctors do disagree with and you have to have the evidence to back it up and why you're making those decisions. Okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that happens a fair bit or? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Spoken with such conviction. I love it. (laughs) So when you first started working uh, shift work, Tommy, like, how did you go? Did you find it easy or, you know, has it, I guess, just become a bit harder over the years as your workplace has become more demanding?
2: Great question. So when I first started shift work, um, I started as a labor and delivery nurse and that was about 10 years ago. Are you there yes I'm listening yeah okay perfect perfect um so I guess two thousand seven so eleven years ago, yeah, and um you know when you are a new um, nurse or a midwife, a lot of times the shift that you get is um, night shift. And so when I started at first, you know, it was a little bit hard to get used to sleeping during the day, but I quickly found that when I was tired, I was able to sleep and things that I usually utilized very early on was a light, a white noise machine, um, an eye pillow and earplugs. So for the first, I'd say six years or so, um, five or six years, I was pretty good at being able to fall asleep when I needed to and get the sleep that I needed. But definitely as time wore on, it, my, uh, it was much more difficult to strategize how to get the best quality of sleep and how to get enough sleep and feel like I could properly think at nighttime. And yeah, that was that was very difficult and worrisome.
1: Mm. Because you, you do work predominantly nights, don't you? But there are a few other shifts that you do.
2: Yeah, I do about um, 90 to 95% nights right now and about 5% days and I flip over to doing clinics. So I'll work about two or three night shifts over the weekend and then I usually get two nights of sleep and then I flip over to a clinic day.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. And you even work between two hospitals, I think, if from memory. Is that right?
2: Yep, exactly.
1: Mm, or two different locations, should I say
2: yeah two different locations for the same um service area so one commute is much easier it's about a 20 minute commute and the other commute is about an hour to an hour and a half um both ways (laughs) Mm.
1: yeah so no doubt you're listening to podcasts and so forth on those commutes is that right Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So what actually brought you to my website, Tommy? Like how did you find me and then I guess subsequently, uh, you know, deciding to join the the program as such?
2: Well, great. That's another great question because uh, I was going through a really rough time. Um, Just 2017 was a rough time for trying to figure out self-care and sleeping in general, like um, I think about, for about six months, maybe even longer, I started uh, developing a huge amount of anxiety around sleep. And the more anxious I felt around sleep, the less I was able to actually get to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I was having a hard time falling asleep, staying asleep, getting enough sleep. Um, so Gosh, I'd say by July, August, and September, I was really starting to get to my wits end where I was starting to get pretty depressed and incredibly anxious. And I'm not a very anxious person, so that was a new characteristic for me. Um, Grumpy, stressed, depressed, very, very anxious. I started hallucinating a lot, and I felt like I couldn't really uh, keep my thoughts clear. Like I actually started getting a little bit worried about... um, just doing my job as safe as I could. I felt, you know, when the adrenaline's rushing and I was in an emergency, I felt fine. But kind of any sort of in-between time, I was just kind of like, wow, <laughs> mm. yeah, how, how can I think straight? So I started just getting really stressed. And um, how I got to your website specifically is kind of a funny story because I had uh, really wanted to make sure that, you know shift work specifically night shift work was still a carcinogen so about once a year i go to the who website to make sure that that is still there and while (laughs) i oh dear yep so while i had googled that uh i put something so i googled that and yes in fact it is still carcinogen listed as a carcinogen on the who website and then i had typed in something like um like how to be healthy night shift or you know, there was healthy and night shift in there and your um, website popped up healthy shift worker. And, uh, I, I had never seen that before cause I've been Googling this for at least 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, then I clicked on your website and was like, no, this can't be real. So then I clicked on your Facebook and was like, no, this is real. And your Instagram and I, I really kind of, uh, stalked you for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> And then I saw that you had a podcast and I listened to a few of your podcasts. And, um, and so I, and you know, that sounds like it was a long time, but it was really like a week. And I realized, man, if she's taken people to help them, I am, I am, I am applying. So, um, I applied and uh, the rest is kind of history. So, yeah, it, it really came from me googling to make sure that I was still going to get cancer from working night shift. So, <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> in a negative kind of way, but it ended up in a positive, um, with a positive twist, I guess. But, uh,
2: yeah, gosh, I <laughs> and uh, I was so negative at that point in time okay. that you know, I, yeah. I really. I needed something and you were the something to like boost me up. And I was so thankful. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah. So you weren't kind of in um, necessarily a great place uh, mentally, as you were saying before, but uh, yeah. 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 I didn't know about the stalking. Oh, thanks for sharing that with me now. <laughs> Had I known that before we spoke, maybe I would have been. No, just joking. <laughs> just, just kidding. That's what I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is too funny. That's too funny. Um, I do remember you mentioning in your application, uh, Tommy, that, you know, you were, you you know, for your job role, you needed to be able to think clearly since you were working, you know, with mums and babies in an emergency situation. And I mm-hmm. think, yeah, and I think that's just really, really powerful to kind of share that um, on, with our discussion today because I think people... Uh, you know, we really don't understand the true ramifications that that sort of ongoing and relentless sleep deprivation can have. And you know, for my own si- situation, you know, working in an airport environment, realistically, the worst thing that I could have ever done was you know, driven an air bridge into an aircraft. And yes, that does happen, uh, you know, from yeah, from fi- totally. from fatigue kind of thing. But we mm-hmm. luckily, like in in that situation, I could never really kill anyone per se. But you guys are in charge of people's lives and having to be able to work out drug interactions and dosages and so forth. And yeah, you guys have just got such a huge responsibility.
2: Yeah, totally. It's huge. And, you know, you just really want to be in your game as every single time you're on shift. Mm.
1: You did mention that you were taking at some point uh, melatonin and uh, Benadryl, the latter being a type of uh, antihistamine, but neither of those were working. Can you explain, you know, a little bit more to us about that?
2: Definitely. Um, you know, I never needed to really take anything to fall asleep before. I pretty much just used being exhausted from a night shift or trying to exercise or eat right. And once I started feeling a lot of anxiety last year around my sleep, I was having a much more difficult time being able to relax enough to, um, you know lay down and go to sleep and you know every actually every once in a while I would even have a glass of wine or something to be like okay well maybe a, a little nightcap or something would help but you know as we all know alcohol does not help you sleep better um so I decided to do more healthy options and so one of those options that I heard a lot of the nurses talk about was benadryl and so um you know benadryl worked really well uh, I would only take 25 milligrams, and I would uh do that. And if I was working two or three night shifts in a row, it'd work really well the first night. Like I would sleep amazingly and wake up um, feeling refreshed. And then I would try it again the second night, but it wouldn't work as well. And definitely by the third night, if I even opted to try it, cause it would work so terribly that second time, um, it just was kind of like taking folic acid or something, <laughs> you know, it did nothing to you. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, it was kind of, uh, it, it just wasn't that helpful. It was a very short term fix. And that would cause more anxiety too. that you're taking something that then, you know, you might not fall asleep with like the Benadryl, but then feel the effects of being super drowsy from it, because you didn't sleep. And now you have like, the lack of sleep, but then you also have a medication in your system. Um, and then the melatonin, you know, I kept hearing about that. I've tried that for years and years and years. And, uh i just kind of given up and I hadn't tried it in about five years or so. And then um, I think somebody had recommended using uh, the tincture or whichever, the liquid form rather than the, um, the pill form. And so I tried that and it seemed to have relaxed me a little bit. But again, I felt like it was very similar to the Benadryl where it would kind of act as scaffolding where it would work at first and then um if you used it a few days in a row it wouldn't really work at all and so again that would cause more anxiety because you thought you found something you thought you thought you found the magic or the silver bullet or whatever the magic bullet and nope you just kind of wasted your money and now you're stuck awake but you took something that could make you sleepy.
1: Mm. becomes a, a double whammy in, in your case. And I think, uh, you know, the trouble with a lot of these medications is that we, uh, you know, we develop a tolerance for them, basically, and they don't tend to work as well uh, as... As you know, they may have when you first began taking them, which was obviously the case uh, for you mm-hmm. in this situation. But yeah, look, I just wanted to mention, um, and we've already, you know, you've already alluded to this, uh, Tommy, already. But after, um, you know, taking, you know, talking with you in quite in depth in our very first consultation and really going through a detailed case history of your situation, um, is that anxiety was definitely playing a significant role in your sleep disruption. So yeah, yes. do you mind just just telling us a little bit, you have mentioned a bit about it before, but do you mind just telling us a little bit more about this?
2: About the anxiety itself? Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. So the anxiety actually got so bad that I feel like it was uh, starting to border on depression. So... Um, just so much anxiety around sleep and trying to get to sleep and spending how much time I was getting to sleep. So it really kind of got into a catch 22 where, um, I stopped really, um, hanging out with friends, uh, because I was worried that hanging out with people was going to interrupt my sleep because I felt like everything need to, needed to revolve around my sleep. And that's very unusual for me as well. Cause I really, um, I'm a, I'm a really outgoing person. I love hanging out with my friends. I love to laugh with them. Like, I really feel like I get, um, such inspiration and great energy from my friends. And it's what kind of fills me back up, you know, to be able to do what we do in our, in our work. I think friends are really important, but I'd really gotten to such a dark place with all the anxiety that I was feeling that I felt like, nope, I can't spend the time to hang out with my friends, um, because I need to be sleeping. I need to focus everything on how, if I possibly am going to feel tired, I need to be able to be in my house and be able to sleep. So I'd really, um, I'd really kind of, uh, kind of tucked myself away in my house and stopped hanging out with friends. And if, um, you know, I did make a plan. I would oftentimes, meaning make a plan to hang out with a friend. I would oftentimes hope that they canceled because um, I really got to the point where I didn't have a whole lot to say because I was so tired all the time and so anxious all the time that I didn't want to take talk about myself because I really had nothing to say about myself except. I am tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if I did hang out with friends, um, I would really just kind of focus the conversation 100% on them and not really focus on me at all. And I didn't quite realize how depressed I was starting to get um, and how uh, just stuck i had gotten into my house because i i wasn't sleeping well at all and yeah i i didn't quite realize how depressed i was until after i started um getting better sleep after working with you and just like oh i was in a dark dark place and i i honestly hadn't hung out with friends in gosh i would say at least six to eight weeks because i was i i needed to sleep <laughs> and that's all i could think about
1: yeah wow and see that's where yeah that's where it can kind of spiral out of control quite quickly if we tend to isolate ourselves because as human beings we do generally crave that connection uh and mm-hmm. i think uh you know the i think there's been a fair amount of studies done on the people that live the longest actually have quite good social connections so um yeah, yeah but interesting that um that it, it yeah, had sort of come to that point, but were you? But your friends must have been beginning to get a bit worried if you were kept saying no to occasions and invites and so forth.
2: Did you sort of get any feedback from them? Yeah, after they realized, um, after I started feeling better and I was actually hanging out, and I, um, I had kind of shared with some of them, excuse me, um, shared with some of them that I had been going through this. They're like, oh, you know. I thought initially that your schedule was just crazy and that it was a little bit longer than we usually went between hanging out. And, uh, so yeah, they definitely, they they were suspicious as to why it was taking a little bit longer than usual to, you know, schedule with the typical night shift, Tommy, but, uh, this was definitely longer than usual. And so, yeah, there were, there definitely were some comments when I finally got back out of my shell. So, uh, yeah we were very happy
1: that um yay let's go out and have fun and catch up girls lunches bring it on (laughs) that would have been (laughs) saying
2: definitely
1: oh very good well look in conjunction with uh quite a lot of uh, um behavioral and sort of environmental changes and so forth when we began working with each other we did end up Uh, deciding to put you on a a particular supplement that's known to have that more um, uh, of an uh, anti-anxiety effect as opposed to a sedative effects effect um, Mm -hmm. which is often the case in so many sleep medications unfortunately is that they do they tend to have that Uh, sedative effect but just for the purposes of of our listeners I guess that don't really have that science background or or medical training the mechanisms of action with any medications and even nutraceutical supplements can be quite different which is why supplements or medications don't really work for everybody we're all you know like uniquely uh, different but how did you go um, you know after starting to put some of the practices in place and, and and along with that um yeah, that anti-anxiety type supplement.
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, so definitely there there was a lot of homework, I feel, that needed to be done <clears throat> after our first couple of sessions. But I feel like that first session was very helpful in kind of looking at environment. So environment was very key. But um, once it was realized that, oh, okay, so you've got your environment figured out, which I know we'll probably talk about. But um, it's not doing exactly what we're expecting, then the L-theanine was the supplement that you're talking about and that um, you had given me some really great um, science and uh, write-ups about, articles about. And so I felt very comfortable taking that. And that changed my life. The L-theanine actually changed my life because um, it really diminished the anxiety around my sleep. And I slept... The hardest I'd slept in years, um, the deepest I'd slept in years, and actually so deep that I started having dreams, but I thought there was something wrong and that the dreams were interrupting my sleep mm. because <laughs> I hadn't dreamt in so long. So I remember, I, I can't remember, I think it was their second or third session. I was just like, So um, I'm having all these dreams and I think they are interrupting my sleep. I shouldn't <laughs> be dreaming so much. And uh, I didn't realize that that meant that I was getting deep sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was amazing i mean such a game changer i still take it um to this day after every single night shift um i'm not messing around i come home i do my little uh, ritual and i take my little theanine and you know it it definitely it helps me sleep i can sleep without it also but i feel like uh my sleep is actually uh much more deep and um efficient is the word I'm going to use. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I feel like that supplement has been seriously a godsend. And I'm so thankful that um, you had thought that it might be a good for a good fit for me, because um, my anxiety had definitely gotten to a point where it was interrupting even with a good environment. And so the theanine has been um, helpful. Mm, yeah, wonderful.
1: Wonderful. I, I, actually, I do remember that conversation. Yeah, where well, you were telling me about you were having these dreams and they were interrupting your sleep. And I'm thinking, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, how can, a, how can a dream be interrupting your sleep? Like, dreaming means that you are sleeping. It was, yeah, it was quite, it was quite a. <laughs> yeah it was, I've never heard anyone say that before so it was um yeah but yeah again that kind of comes back to having an understanding of, the, of what sleep is and uh you know I, I've I ha- do have videos within my course and I have actually even upgraded it recently and really kind of honed in as that as one of those is uh the first module is to really kind of understand sleep so that we have a better understanding of what exactly it is and it's like oh okay that's that's what's meant to happen. And, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so funny, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, yeah, it was, um yeah, I'm so glad that it was working. And, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, you, you were really also an exceptional uh, client from the perspective is that you undertook all of my, you know, recommendations, you know, including uh, minimizing some of the the self-sabotaging behaviors that you were doing that were inadvertently, you know, having a negative impact on your sleep. In fact, I think I do remember you saying, um, Tommy, and quote me if I'm wrong here, that, you know, you were your own worst enemy. (laughs) Is that right? Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, definitely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the accountability and the coaching kind of definitely help from that perspective. (laughs)
2: Absolutely. You know, and I was so determined to um make something happen. I mean, I was in such a bad spot. When I was that anxious and I was hallucinating a lot and just out of my body, I really felt like I was floating out of my body all the time cuz I was that exhausted all the time that um I was I was determined to um take every single strategy that was given to me by a professional, meaning you, that I was going to make this happen. So, it didn't go without the hard work. And so I definitely want people to understand that you have to do the work if you want better sleep. And I was determined. So here we are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very, uh, very, very wise words. Yeah. I think nothing, uh, nothing worthwhile takes hard, you know, hard work. So yeah, no, you're very good. And you found that the videos within the program were helpful as well?
2: Oh, I absolutely did. So, what I really um, dug about the program is, uh, you know, the one-on-ones absolutely, and your uh, the the initial uh, questionnaire that you send out that was just so thorough about like what kind of pillows do you use, how do you sleep, how long, you know, I mean, just everything was a great setup to actually do the work. So, um, you know, the one-on-ones and uh just kind of the questions and it kind of like felt like a therapy session and then the actual videos that would go out during the week so helpful. And what I loved about the videos is they really came at you with the science and what sleep is or why this works and the recommendations for that. And it wasn't just like I recommend this. It was evidence-based you know there were reasons behind it and a lot of times multiple studies behind it and i feel like the way you synthesize the information was really understandable mm, wonderful
1: yeah great to hear yeah. yeah very helpful awesome awesome now we did reach a point however where you know our one-on-one consultations you know you know had to come to an end because really also i i really had to refer you on to a local practitioner, basically to <laughs> you know undergo further testing, because there's only so much that I can do being on on the other side of the world. Um, but you had the, yeah, but the thing is that you had like a fair a fair amount of gastrointestinal issues going on. so uh, we talked about getting you know going as a referral, getting different types of tests done. and like how's that been since you've been seeing someone uh, locally with that?
2: So that's actually going really well. Um, I want to uh, put a little aside really quick because one of the things you uh, included in the videos and also the one-on-one was diet when you're doing shift work. And that was incredibly helpful because I think that can be very confusing, especially when you're a shift worker. And a lot of times gastrointestinal issues are at the forefront when you are um, a shift worker, right? So um, the information that you supplied was incredibly helpful, but I I agree. I think um, my issues had superseded kind of what we could do, um, with me being in California, you being in Australia, damn it. But, um, (laughs) we tried our hardest, but, um, I am happy, happy to say that I'm working with a functional, um, medicine nurse practitioner right now in her practice and, uh, those gastrointestinal issues, uh, specifically chronic constipation over years of, um, likely caused a lot from doing shift work and not knowing the proper foods to eat at what times and, all that kind of good stuff and stress and everything, Um, things are moving along, if you get my (laughs) meaning, Literally moving along.
1: Figuratively moving along.
2: (laughs) So moving along, but I've got to say that um, kind of what's helping with that too, besides using the strategies and the testing that uh, the functional medicine – provider is doing with me was you provided some um, really great recipes for snacks to eat during night shift. And um, those have been very, very helpful where it's not messing up with my digestion. It's really helping with things. And I'm not eating um, a bunch of junk at work because I've got these other things to fall back on. So yeah, life is pretty good right now between sleep and being regular. I'm going to rule the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at the, uh, the new president, perhaps, Tommy. Yes, (laughs)
2: President Tommy (laughs) Warren.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think you're probably due for a female um, president soon, I think, aren't you? I
2: think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear! Oh look, I'm I'm rapt to hear that that um, you know that that area of your health has improved as well because yeah, as you mentioned, shift workers are quite prone to that gastrointestinal uh, discomfort. A lot of it has to do with working the hours that we do, and even our own digestive tract has our own, has its own circadian rhythms, which is kind of mind-blowing in the science world as well yes. and <laughs> as well which yeah yeah so uh, we could talk about that in a separate podcast but we probably won't <laughs> go down, <laughs> down that track but there's yeah multiple reasons behind it and it's yeah it's horrible when you sort of feel all blocked up all the time so um, yeah that's that's wonderful wonderful news I'm so pleased to hear that um, look before we wrap up uh, Tommy I guess is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners that you know, maybe thinking about doing something to improve their health. Sorry, improve their sleep. You know, whether that's with working with me or even someone else. Like it doesn't have to even be me. But you know, if they're in a point where they're just their sleep is just uh, they're just barely functioning. I guess similar to what you you know yourself went through. You know, what mm-hmm. what would you say to them?
2: So um, I actually have quite a few people that I have. Told about working with you, and um, almost everyone's initial response is, "Well, she's just going to tell me to sleep eight hours, you know, during the day, and I just can't do that because I have kids, or I've got this, or I've got that." And so, I think there's a huge, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, Myth. Uh, There's a huge myth that that you actually address in the videos that, you know, shift workers don't sleep like regular um, people and that there's actually a history of um, biphasal um, sleeping throughout um, history. And it's just actually recent times that we start thinking, what is it? Monophasic, right? Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So that, that isn't actually the way that people slept for a long period of time. So I guess my advice to people would be, don't assume what the person is going to tell you to do to help yourself because, um, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of help out there if you're willing to actually look for it and um, do the work. So um, that's what I've told a lot of my coworkers is just, you know, have faith. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> um of the Healthy Shift Worker. Because I feel like you really give such great information in there. And even if people can't um make the time to work with you one on one or, you know, someone else that special specializes in sleep, the information that you can get through your podcast is really huge. I actually have had quite a few people that have listened to your podcast and actually given up um caffeine during night shift. Um but to just like take the leap of faith and um be willing to do the work if you're um, determined to change your sleep Mm. awesome
1: awesome oh great we've got a a reduction of caffeine during the night shift that's that alone is going to have (laughs) (laughs) have a massive effect and of course i'm not saying that you don't have to have it at all uh, but you know just having it at the beginning of your shift so that it doesn't impact um you know later on so yeah exactly Yeah. Wonderful. Great, great advice uh, there. Well, look, this has been an absolute treat having you on the show, Tommy. I so really do appreciate you coming on and and chatting with me. I know this is your very first podcast interview.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is. I hope I did okay. (laughs) Yeah. No,
1: you're doing, you've done brilliantly. I mean, look, you're such a hoot. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, um, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you because you are an action taker. And and just like I, you know, keep mentioning, um, you've been throughout the program knowledge without action is not going to lead to changes and anything good does require hard work and discipline but you know I think we can we can both agree that it's absolutely worth it
2: absolutely 100 percent. my life is totally different than it was um, six months ago and I have you to thank for it so thank you so much Audra Mm, that's
1: very sweet. And yeah, I'm so pleased to hear that. Well, look, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shipworker podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other workers who you think may benefit, as this will help me to spread the Healthy Worker message to workers and organisations all around the world. Now, it also helps if you leave us a, a rating, preferably five star, if you really liked this episode, as this will help my podcast gain an even bigger reach that will, able, will enable me to help more people. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. I have just recently launched my second intake of my Better Sleep Intensity program exclusively for shift workers. So if this does sound of interest, just go ahead and click on the work with me better sleep program link on my website where you can learn more about the program along with the application process thanks so much for tuning in and listening until next time may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24 7
0: this year the wellness summit returns i realized in this time that i couldn't keep waiting for love from other people i couldn't keep expecting love from other sources But I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm gonna prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want. That you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com.